You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back to Huddle Up, a football podcast. My name's Tony, joined always by Corey and Daniel, always recorded on a Wednesday night, always published on a Thursday, but be ready because this Tuesday is going to be our very first Tuesday edition of Huddle Up, a football podcast. I'm excited about that. Um, it's going to be recorded on a Wednesday, so you're going to have to deal with that, okay? But it's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Nothing's going to change and we're going to be just fine. But today, Daniel and Corey have their top five. I wish I had a sound drop for this. Next year, we'll have a, our own segment for you guys to scout these rookies. Um, top five wide receivers. Go ahead and take this. Go, take this over, guys. Go ahead, Daniel. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna start at the top. Um, I think it's gonna be no surprise. Uh, my number one ranked wide receiver is Jamar Chase, and I don't know, Corey. I, I wrote down some pro comps uh, with all hold of on, mine hold too. On, but... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Can we go five to one? Uh, sure. I, well, yeah, we could do that. Let's do that. Um, well, cause the problem with the, doing five to one is I've got a tie at five. So I was actually going to cover two wide receivers, just kind of an honorable mention, and then maybe my fifth overall guy. So that, that's the problem well, I have. Our, okay, our okay. One, Vito, our, on, our, I like the idea of Corey's idea. Let's do five. Give me the honorable our, mentions. and then our, one, our ones are different. So, yeah, one's more exciting. One's way more okay. exciting. Let's start at the bottom to the top. That's a, <laughs> from the bottom to the – no? Okay. From the bottom to the top. All right, top. go ahead. Go on, go on. I'm not taking any of this out, so let's just move on. This is probably copyright infringement. Let's go. <laughs> you want me to still start here with number five? Yeah, no, start with the cheapo, the honorable mention. Oh, okay. My my honorable mention um, is actually Terrace Marshall. Uh, wide receiver out of LSU. Um, this year, he he didn't play in as many games. He only played in seven games, and but he he was dominant. I mean, out of all these receivers here, you could argue that Terrace Marshall might be the most raw that we're going to talk about today. Um, it's kind of how teams view DK Metcalf. You know, I'm not comparing the two because obviously DK Metcalf is a superstar, but um, Terrace Marshall is very raw, um, but he has a huge upside. He is 6'3", 200-ish you know, pounds. I mean, he's 203, but you know, in the 200 range. So he's kind of built like an X receiver, but he doesn't have the speed of, of quite you know, the, the prototypical X receiver. My pro comp for him is a poor man's Julio Jones. Because Julio's six three, but he's you know two thirty and absolutely dominant, crisp in his routes and you know top end speed. Terrace Marshall's a little different. He he is fast. He does have good speed. Um, according to the pro days, which is kind of all we have to work with this year, basically with the combine kind of all but being canceled. Um, he ran a four three eight forty at his pro day. Um, Almost a 40-inch vertical, 39 and some change on, on the vertical. So great vertical leap with already a, a six-foot-three frame. Um, so that, that is a great catch radius uh, for anyone looking at, you know, a, a big-bodied wide receiver that has long arms with a big catch radius. 
you know, almost a 40 inch vertical on a six, three frame and over 10 foot broad jump. Um, this is a guy that's pretty strong. So, you know, 16 bench reps, not a lot of these guys got on the bench, but he is strong when he wants to be, let me, I'm going to mention here a four game stretch. And remember with LSU, this is a team that did not have Joe Burrow. This is the post Joe Burrow LSU team. So not very good. Um, I, I can't, I don't have their record in front of me, LSU's record, but they were not nearly the team this year. They lost a ton of guys to the draft last year. This is a four game stretch. Okay. That Terrace Marshall had this year. Okay. He had 512 yards and nine touchdowns in four games. Okay, that was a four-game stretch, and two of those games, actually three of those games, were against SEC opponents, which which is pretty strong. And he had two touchdowns against South Carolina, which is going to have J.C. Horn, uh, one of one of the first-round draft picks, you know, corner Joe Horn's son. Um, he actually caught a touchdown over over J.C. Horn in this game um, against South Carolina, but in four games he had nine touchdowns. So. He is a he is a big play guy. Um, he he needs to improve his hands a little bit. Um, he he needs to come out of breaks a little quicker and develop his route tree a little bit more, kind of like DK. Um, he seems to be a kind of a guy that just runs and then uh, throw it up to me and I'll try to get a contested catch. Uh, Dan Orlovsky compared him to Michael Thomas, which I think is a little um, a little ambitious when you talk about his route running, but. Um, he needs to improve on a couple areas, but I think he could be a very good player. Um, he was the number two recruit in the United States in 2018 when he came out and, and number one in the state, which is Louisiana, which is a very, very big state. And, you know, LSU, this is a guy that was in the same offense as Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase in 2019. And all he did was, get 671 yards and 13 touchdowns in that same that same year as as Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase on the same you know on the same field but um this year Daniel. he caught 20 yeah are you still talking about Terrence Marshall yes you said he was honorable mention bud you're you're giving him a, a Grammy right now that's fine I, he's he's an honorable mention listen I'm not actually I'm not actually like down in it but I'm shocked right now at how much I'm learning about Terrence Marshall Jr. That's what I'm trying to say. It's like, I cannot wait to find out what you have to say about the actual 5, 4, 3, 2, and 1. Because, good, good. Because I just learned I, a whole lot. Good. That is what these shows are for, my friend. But also, at the same time, we need to move on from your honorable mention. Okay, that's fine. I mean, you, but we get the point. The man is incredible, and he's going to be fantastic. But one thing here, his LSU record... Did they play? Did they play ten games? Is that is that what football that sounds, was in twenty twenty? That sounds right. Jeez. Wow. Anyway, okay, Corey, you get to go next. Yeah, yeah. Terrace Marshall looked good. Um, he's in my honorable mentions along with Kadarius Tony and Rondale Moore. Honestly, those two guys kind of remind me of each other. Um, they're two uh, quick, solid built guys. I know. Rondale Moore is about four inches shorter than Tony, but they're good in the open field. They're strong. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to go. Uh, listen, I Daniel's done some done some research here. 
I, I've kind of got in, you know, I looked at some PFF stuff. I watched, uh, you know, a, some highlight reels. Um, I'm, I don't know as much as Daniel does. I'll be the first to admit that, but you know, you know, same with the quarterbacks. I get a feel for these guys and I'm always right. I've never been wrong. So number five, I've got Jalen. <laughs> I've got Jalen Waddle at number five. Um, oh, wow. On film. He, he, he reminds me of Tyree kill. Like, uh, on, on one of these clips, he, you know, he, it's like a, maybe like a third and 10, he gets the ball five yards out and he's got a defender kind of trailing him. And the guy just turns the corner, gets to the first down marker. Um, but for that same reason is kind of why I dislike him is I think all these teams are searching for a Tyree kill when, you know, I think you need a system and a quarterback that fits that, you know, he, he can't. Tyreek Hill's not a guy to go out and run routes and blaze dudes just with his with his route running. A lot of it takes, you know, a scheme to get him open. But with the right scheme, I think Jalen Waddle can do that. I think he can run routes a little bit better than Tyreek Hill. And I think that's that's probably his upside. What I'm afraid of is somebody's gonna draft him like like the Raiders did Henry Ruggs, and it's just not gonna work. Like you, you can't just like if Tyree Kill went to the Raiders, it's probably not going to work. Like, it's just how it is. Um, and in his highlights, he's just wide open a lot, and I think that's the reality of Alabama and how things go. So yeah, I got Waddle at five. Well, my my number five uh, wide receiver here is Elijah Moore um, out of Ole Miss, and it was it was kind of a debate with myself to put him at four or five, but I ended up putting him at five. Um, he's going to be, you know, depending on kind of what Corey said, Jalen Waddle, he can either play outside, which he did a lot of at Alabama, or he could be put in the slot. If he's put in the slot, it's going to yeah, be tough. Slot, I, I think slot will work better for Waddle. And yeah. Right the beginning I, of his career. I, I do too, which – I, I was about to say Elijah Moore is probably going to be the best slot wide receiver that comes out of this draft. Um, but that's only if Jalen Waddle is on the outside. Um, but I really, really like Elijah Moore. He, at his pro day, he ran a 4 3 2 40. I mean, that's blazing fast. Um, that would have been the third fastest in 2020 at the NFL Combine. He would have ranked number three. And you know, they do this little, they do a couple cone drills to where they run back and forth. They do a little shuttle drill. Um, but in between these three cones, they run to one side, they run to the other side, you know, all the way back and then back to the middle. He did his three cone drill in 6.65 seconds. But the significance of this is that he had the fastest time in that three cone drill out of any wide receiver coming in since 2018. Okay, this is two full combines, and then this year all he had to go off was his pro day. Um, so this is a very, very fast um, wide receiver. He reminds me, honestly, a lot of Antonio Brown. Um, Elijah Moore is not, you know, not the, not the biggest guy. He's 5'10". Um, he weighs about 10 pounds less than Antonio Brown, but um, usually I don't like these kind of slot guys, but this guy is really, really impressive. He had a 36-inch vertical. What's impressive and... is I'm 5'8 and almost 180, and I've got a dad bod. So what's what's incredible is that this man <laughs> is so small and also so strong at the same time. Yes, and 
you know, I, if you, if you just put on, put on highlights of him taking a slant, like he just receives the slant and then there are two safeties closing in. So it's not open in the middle, but somehow you fast forward a, a second and a half and he has literally outrun the entire defense. Um, he has a very refined route tree. So the opposite of Terrence, Terrace Marshall, not necessarily the opposite, but a lot better. Um, you know, if it wasn't for Devontae Smith being in this draft, he would probably be the best route runner overall, um, Elijah Moore. Um, he's just uber athletic, 10-foot broad jump. Um, he was on an Ole Miss team that just lost DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown a couple years ago. Um, so they kind of are starting to have a pedigree in Ole Miss on, on factoring out wide receivers. But um, their team overall played in a you know, pretty difficult conference and didn't have a great team. But uh, Elijah Moore was one of the one of the bright spots in that. But he does remind me of, of you know, an Antonio Brown, just the way that he runs um, routes, catches the ball. He's very sure handed. Um, he really impressed on his pro day and really drove up the draft stock. And if anyone's looking for a true slot guy that isn't just, you know, kind of what Corey said, just a, a deep guy that may, may be a proponent of uh, Alabama's offense. I think Elijah Moore will probably end up getting drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. I really like him a lot. The one stat about Moore that stands out to me that's concerning is the contested catches. He did so good in college. 22 of 39 is what I'm seeing here. But he is okay. smaller, you know, and I worry about, will that transition, you know, will those, can, will those contested catches in a slot roll out of a smaller guy, will that continue to happen at a pro level? I think that's my only concern with him. Everything that you said, and I'm, I'm learning as, as I watch here, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just digging into more of what you guys say and, and following up with that. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's my concern here. That's the glaring concern with Moore is will he be able to make that step up? Gain 10 pounds, like you said, he's 10 pounds back from Antonio Brown. Does the extra weight help? Maybe so. I don't know. That That's my concern. Speaking of Antonio Brown, my guy at number four, um, God, does he look good on film. This guy looks like a Antonio Brown replica. When the guy gets the ball in his hands, he just, like, it's like he's got a third eye in his head. As, uh, my, my number four is Deami Brown out of North Carolina. Um whenever he gets the ball in his hand, like I've seen some crossers or some slants and he, he has like a, another sense about him where he knows where these defenders are. And he just immediately turns up field and knows exactly where to go. Great in the open field. He's six one, one eighty five. He's got some good speed on him. Um, and I'll be honest, uh, Chris Sims turned me on this guy and I, you know, I did a little bit of film watching, but he looks good. Um, he's got a great stutter step right off the bat um whenever you see it on film it looks a lot like an nfl wide receiver and i th i think like a couple you know with like a couple of the top guys in this class it just looks natural like it doesn't look like he's going through the fundamentals that he's been taught he he makes some crazy catches if you watch the highlights ton of crazy catches a lot like devonta smith um just catches that look like catches that star receivers make in the nfl um, and it looks good. He he can turn up the field. My number four is Deami Brown. Yeah, um, I, another guy that had a kind of a proponent of not not that great of a team all around him, um, but still produced great stats, which is kind of what you want to see. 
out of some of these guys, you know, they, they pick these schools when they, when they go out of high school and they, they kind of want to play for these schools. And then it kind of doesn't turn out the way they want as far as like a winning aspect, but you know, maybe just them shining through a bad team. I mean, he's had two consecutive thousand yard seasons and 20 touchdowns, um, you know, in the last two years. So he's, he's all but carried that team. Um, And, you know, he has just enough quickness. I mean, four four forty is is great. Um, so I, I think he and and a great vertical and his pro day really helped himself too. Um, he he did look he did look good. It, it's funny, I, I really like Deami Brown, but he is you know eight nine ten on a lot of people's lists. And by the end of it, you know, three years from now, we'll be talking about him like maybe a Justin Jefferson that got way overlooked. And could be could be kind of one of the best guys that comes out of this, you know, quote unquote stacked draft. Um, you know, I, I really like that pick. Thank you. Um, so are we to four. Is that that was your four? Yeah. Uh, so my four, uh, my number four guy is a wide receiver out of Minnesota uh, named Rashad Bateman. And uh, he opted out this past year. Um, It it actually came out that he did get COVID um, during the summer. And so that's why he opted out of the season initially. And of course he plays in the big 10. So the big 10 was going back and forth on whether they would have a season anyway. So it was pretty easy on him to, to opt out, but then the big 10 decided let's have a season. And then he kind of got cold feet on his back and out. And then he said, all right, I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) and came back in didn't have you know I didn't have a great great outing I think he played in like three games and then opted back out he said all right I'm good I'm going back to my original decision Um, but as far as overall athletes in this draft he is he is definitely a good natural athlete Um, he is a tactician on on route running he has very strong hands Um, he reminds me a lot of Stefan Diggs uh, that is that is my perfect comp for him. Although Diggs is a little bit faster, Rashad Bateman, when you look at it on game film, he doesn't look as fast as his posted pro day forty, which is a four three nine, which actually seems very impressive. But when you watch it on game film, it's not a four three nine. He gets open very easily. If you throw it at him, he's going to make the catch, but he doesn't have four three nine breakaway take a slant to the house speed. Um, but he is very, very good. 36 inch vertical over a 10 foot broad jump. So a very good natural athlete. Um, he will be, you know, a, at, at worst, a second round pick. It actually came out today. I was just reading that some NFL execs came out and said, Rashad Bateman is the number one receiver in this draft, which was shocking to me to even read. And it's very bold to say, especially with the names that we're probably about to mention. But that's because Rashad everything Bateman, that you hear right now is an absolute lie. Yeah, but who I mean, why would why would they stay anonymous and say that? I mean, that's just kind of weird to just hype up a guy that you don't like. I mean, that, that's kind of a weird one that kind but of there's only 32 of them. So if three of them become anonymous and say that he's great, then the other 30 or 28 are going to be like, wow, this guy's really good. I better pay more attention. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, he he is a very very good athlete uh just in general i mean when when you watch him i his release package 
like just off the ball when the ball is hiked his release is better than anybody in this draft um i mean i'll, I'll put i'll put anyone up there he and like i said stefan diggs his his release reminds me of stefan diggs if you throw it at him he's gonna have a toe drag you know catch um i i really like rashad bateman a lot and it's too bad that in a few games he he didn't have that good of a showing because when he opted out the big 10 was was uh distraught that we wouldn't see rashad bateman this year but um it was kind of a lost season anyway but rashad bateman's my number four yeah his drop rate concerns me 14.3 percent um yeah you know a lot of people say that he had concentration issues on that. Like he was ready to just start running up the field just because he didn't have that elite speed and just took his eyes off the ball. And that that's something that you can't coach in the NFL. I mean, if you, if you got the case of the drop skis here, you're going to carry that all the way through. Like that's not something you can coach either. You got well, it or you it, don't. And it's funny, uh, like PFF, it says, and it's a it's a pro on his evaluation it says has drops but still attacks the ball when in contested situations like that reminds me of eric ebron like that year he was with the colts if he was wide open he was dropping the ball but as soon as there's a defender on him he was going to catch it so i i hope it works out but that that's concerning for me yeah my my concern with rashad bateman is that he was listed as six two two ten all throughout his college career and they just measured him at his pro day and he came in at six foot 190 so that i mean that that's off <laughs> two inches and 20 pounds i mean that makes a player um so that 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 is my only concern when i look at his measurables of six two two ten runs a four three nine forty thirty six inch vertical i mean this is going to be a number one receiver somewhere but now I, I I would consider him like a great big body number two, like a like a Juju Smith Schuster. But um, he he really reminds me of Stephon Diggs, but not as a number one like Stephon Diggs because of his frame now. Um, my number three wide receiver is Jamar Chase. Tony, sound Jamar the alarm. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Corey. We don't we don't have any error messages on the screen over there, do we? We're still good. <laughs> Who did you say your number three was? Jamar Chase. There you go. I got it. I got it for you there, Daniel. Okay, go ahead, guys. Thank Defend you. yourself. All right. And I, here's the thing. I'm gonna let to, or uh, let Daniel take a, a lot of this, but Jamar Chase looks the part. Let's and to be realistic, he's probably going to be the top guy off the board. And I don't, I don't blame an NFL team for doing that. Um, what I love about him is he looks great in the open field. He breaks a ton of tackles. Like just to be able to get that extra, you know, two to three yards to get a first down, or you know, to get you at a third and one, something like that. Like in the NFL, that's going to be huge. And I, I think he will be successful. But my concerns are he's only got one year. He had Joe Burrow. Um, you don't know what he's been doing in his year off. Has he, you know, has he been eating candy or has he been in the gym? So, yeah, you got to. That's that's just my concern. You don't know. You know, I feel like if you really loved football, you know, you'd be out there playing this past year. You know, going for the Heisman. But, um, you know, obviously the you know with the coronavirus, every you know everybody's situation is different. Watching the highlights, he is wide open a lot. 
a lot of his touchdowns, he, he just got wide open field. But at the same time, when, when he gets the ball and there's defenders around, he is, he is fighting. He's getting the extra yards. Um, he's got good size and, and realistically, you know, if you're going off, you know, prototype, you know, size, weight, what they, you know, contested catches, like he is probably the top guy, but my concerns with just one year of experience, um, and just being wide open a lot, I don't know if he, and having a year off, if he can translate it immediately to the NFL, which I feel like he needs to do, like in today's NFL, you've got to be successful off the bat or else, you know, it's hard to pick it up later. So I, I've got him at three. I don't, my top three are, they're all bangers. Like I love Jamar Chase, but he's just not my, he's not my number one. No, I like that. That was a very respectable defense. Daniel, what's your counter? I think my counter will be in my ranking. Do you want me to just leave it until until yeah. he's ranked on mine? Yeah, yeah let's okay. go ahead and leave it. That's fine. I, I mean, I don't want to go all through it and then tell you, yeah, yeah he's, uh, oh, yeah, he he's ranked here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I get it. Okay, go ahead and move past it. And we'll talk about it later. Okay, yeah, because I, I definitely have a rebuttal to that. Um, my number three is Jalen Waddle. Um, I, I went back and forth between whether I should put Jalen Waddle at two or three uh, because he is very good. I know, Corey, you'd mentioned him. He's a little farther down your list. Um, and, you know, he, he's a product of Alabama's offense, but he was a big part of it. Um, when, when Henry Ruggs was with Alabama, there was a video that was released because Henry Ruggs basically said that he was, you know, the fastest guy in college football. Jalen Waddle raced Henry Ruggs at practice, and they tied. <laughs> Henry Ruggs ran a four-two something, and you know was one of the uh, immediately one of the fastest guys in the NFL. And Jalen Waddle, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this: he's better than Henry Ruggs for sure. But I also my pro comp for him was also Tyree Kill. That was a perfect pro comp. Um, but. <sighs> I, I, he's going to do a lot better than Henry Ruggs. He, Jalen Waddell has been their return guy. You know, when, when they had Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddell was their, was their guy. And he, that, that's the kind of guy that you want to, you know, catch the ball, shift, get up field. And he, he took several to the house. Um, he, he, he's the best deep threat in this draft. So there's a lot of teams out there that are missing a deep threat. He, he's your answer because he can also cut through the middle and run routes very, very well. Um, he broke his ankle this past year, so he was out, I think it was five games. I don't have that in front of me. Um, but he he has been great for the last set, for the last couple of years. So it wasn't just, you know, half of last year. Um, he has 3.57 yards per route run over his career. So he, he runs the long, long routes a lot of times because that's a big average because that's the highest of anyone in this draft class, um, including Jamar Chase. So he, he likes to get down the field. He likes to catch the deep ball, but he can also get chunk plays uh, through the you know, two-yard two yard slants. Uh, Jalen Waddle is, is fantastic, and I, I actually almost put him above his his teammate Devonte Smith, but um, I went ahead and, and chose him at three. Um, but yeah, I think I think we're looking at 
possibly a Tyree kill if he's used right. I, I love what you said there. This he was, gets drafted by the Raiders, and he turns into Henry Ruggs. I mean, it's it's all the same story. But if he gets drafted by you know the next Chiefs team, uh, he could we could be looking at the next Tyree kill. We could be looking at the next Tyree kill. I was looking at Tyree kills routes run because of something Corey said earlier today, um, and I and I didn't find exactly what I was looking for. But what I did find was this really weird like heat graph that showed the average area that he was that he made the completion in. And it's not 30 okay. yards down the field. It's not 25 yards down the field. It's like 5 to 10 yards. I mean, the guy breaks the tackle, and he is, he is everything that you just said about Jalen Waddell. He's not a, Tyreek Hill is not the deep threat, guys. I mean, he has that reputation, but that, that's just one part of his skill set. He makes up his, his bread and butter is 15 yards, you know, catching the ball 15 yards past the line of scrimmage or 10 yards past the line of scrimmage and then making the play from there. Everything you just described this is the closest description that I've heard of Tyreek Hill, and it is Jalen Waddle. No, 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 yeah, and he, you're right. They're, what the Chiefs ask of Tyreek Hill is number one, he's a threat, and yes, they do catch him on deep balls, but they're going to catch they catch Tyreek Hill on a lot of crossers and slants, and ask him to do things after after the catch is what they ask him to exactly, do. He's not right. he's not running curl routes and you know in and outs you know, burning people on routes. Like he's catching yeah. the ball short and running or he's getting open deep. Right. Give the ball to the best player, but maybe, maybe that's Jalen Waddle. Hopefully we'll find out. That'd be fun. Yeah. He, he, he got 15 plus yards and, you know, 15 plus yard gain on over 36% of his targets that leads college football. And he was targeted 132 times. So, you know, Kind of like what you said. That that is Tyreek Hill, because Tyreek do, doesn't just run Deshaun Jackson type routes. You know, hey, take the take the safety off of this route. No, he is the read. So yeah, I I I agree with you, Tony, for sure. All right, so my number two is Kyle Pitts, and I know you guys didn't want me to do this, and I'm sorry, but. When you think about the great tight ends in the NFL, you you think about Travis Kelsey, uh, Zach Ertz. They're guys that, when they're on the field, they're a threat to block, and they're also a threat to receive the football. And unfortunately, I don't think Kyle Pitts has the size to be that. Um, Kyle Pitts, if if they move him in at an inside position, he's going to be covered. They're not going to respect the run game from him. He will, he won't be successful that way. Any NFL offensive end or linebacker is going to mow Kyle Pitts over. So if I'm an NFL team, I'm going to draft Kyle Pitts. I'm going to in this isn't something that's probably been done before, but I'm going to run him as a wide receiver and then secondary have him come in and maybe block. I could see him being most effective, you know, maybe on a third and short, fourth and short, or a goal line situation. You know, that's that's going to be the time to bring him in and make teams think twice. If I'm an NFL team, I'm going to play him outside. He's a great route runner. He's got the biggest catch radius in NFL history, right? I, I think that's what people yeah. are saying about him. He's got four yeah. four speed. He's great in the open field. But, man, when you turn on his highlights, like, 20 yards from the line of scrimmage, that dude just gobbles up the ball. He could have two defenders on him and just gobble it up. Like, if you can put him in the slot or, heck, even on the outside, 
Like this, if I'm an NFL team, I'm drafting him and playing as playing him as a wide receiver, and then building a package to bring him in and play as a tight end. I mean, he's six six two forty. He's like he's a little bit smaller than LeBron James. I. I I just don't see him if it if a team brings him in and play him and they play him as a tight end and expect him to do that from day one, his whole career will be trash. He he'll he'll be a failure. But if they bring him in, let him go to the outside, be a threat out there, run routes. You know, I th- he's not as fast as DK Metcalf, but if they let him loose like DK Metcalf, he could be just as big of a deal. And then you could bring him in as a hybrid on those short situations. You don't know if he's going to block or run a route. Um, I, I think he'll be most effective when a run is, you know, the play call it's expected. And it'll make make defenses think twice. But just with his size and speed, he's a wide receiver. And with the route running skills, I, I think he's the number two guy in this class. I, I think a lot of people think he's the best player outside of the quarterbacks in this class. And to a certain extent, I I agree, but he's not a tight end. Daniel? I think whatever team drafts Kyle Pitts knows exactly what they'll have, and they won't want to draft him to block. Um, he won't have to. I think he'll be exactly what like Evan Ingram was, in his rookie season, you know, basically, Hey, we're going to play to your strength. Um, you just, you go out there, run, run routes, be a mismatch. And, you know, you talk about mismatches. He is a tight end, but he is also good enough to where he could burn a corner, which is, you know, unheard of. I hate that you put him in this ranking, Corey, because he's a tight end. To be fair, he is a tight end, but he's listed as a tight end. He doesn't look like a t- tight end or play like a tight end. But he doesn't look Which or is play exactly like a tight end. why he's the best mis- mismatch of the draft. I can understand, That's exactly why. and I honestly kind of respect Corey because we both gave Corey some pushback for this. We talked about this throughout the week, and I think everybody knew that that Corey was putting pits in these rankings here. And we did talk about it, but I mean the comps to. To Pitts are not other tight ends. They are Calvin Johnson. I mean, I mean, that's the comp. That's what people are talking about right now. And when, when we see people on social media, other people that, that are bigger than me and you and Corey, they're putting Pitts in. They're putting him in with their wide receiver stuff. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. I don't understand it. Because he's not a wide receiver. He's a tight end. He's not going to convert to wide receiver. That's not going to happen. But that's what his role is. You're right, though, Daniel, it, it's, and I, I'm, I lean your way on this. It's more of an Evan Ingram thing. I mean, he's more of an Evan Ingram than he is a Rob Gronkowski. That's okay. That's fine. Yeah, if, if, if the team that drafts him wants him to block half the time, and, you know, when, when you ask a tight end to block, they're blocking a high-class defensive end. If you ask him to block half the time, that head coach should be fired. I mean, that's all there is to it. You line Kyle Pitts up as a mismatch on every down. You throw the defense off. You never know what's going to happen. But if you put him on the line and ask him to block 40% of the game, I mean, you just you just embarrass yourself. 
Was that your two, Dan? Two, Corey? Yeah, that was my two. Daniel, you got your and, two. And, and and for the reason you just said, his his comparables are Calvin Johnson and DK Metcalf. No, I get it. I totally understand it. I I disagree with it in principle only, but only in principle. I I I totally totally get it though. Daniel, what's your two? Uh, my number two ranked wide receiver is Devontae Smith. I mean, what is there to say about Devontae Smith? I mean, he he was the Heisman winner. He deserved every bit of that. He dominated college football all the way to the title game. I mean, God, what do you have in the title game? He had, I know he had three touchdowns, 160-something yards on 11 catches or something. I don't know. I, I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but I just know it was just a crazy game. And when you watch when you watch game film, it's like you know where the ball is going. I know you have Najee Harris back there and you know, Jalen Waddle attempted to play, you know, and this is the national championship. You know exactly where it's going and they still couldn't stop it. Um, you know, my my biggest threat with Devontae Smith was was his frame. And, you know, he's not the tallest guy. And it supposedly he's six one hundred and seventy ish pounds you know that was that was initially a red flag for me he's got you know skinny skinny frame but guess what i mean the more i think about it the the more that impresses me really because i mean he he had 117 catches okay which is hard to do in college anyway let alone on a very good team with a lot of different options okay 1,856 yards and 23 touchdowns. This is the SEC we're talking about. Okay, he, I mean, you've got to believe that the other coach going up against Devontae Smith was saying, hey, that's the guy. Double team him, do whatever you can, press him, zone him, whatever we have to do to throw him off, and no one succeeded. I wish I had a game log in front of me. It would be all green. But, you know, it's amazing that if anyone has Devontae Smith outside of their top two based on his, his frame, they need to reevaluate and go back and watch highlights because it is just jam-packed with him just dominating the best conference in college football with that frame. My pro comp for him is Marvin Harrison because we have not seen anyone with his frame dominate college football, period, okay, first and then go to the NFL and be successful if you were any good. But I, I feel like Devontae Smith is going to be the outlier here to where any team that drafts him is going to be very happy they did and ignored the red flags of the frame, even if it's the Detroit Lions. I mean, you got to be in on Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith, Devonta Smith is my number one wide receiver, and it's because he's the best wide receiver in the draft. I know, and if you go to PFF, his cons are very skinny. His second con is weight, and his third his third con is he led the country in screens, which I think is actually a pro because yeah, that's what the what NFL a stupid does. Con. Yeah, like if, if he can run the best routes and he's the best at taking screen passes, that's even better. Like, yeah, it, he's he's the best wide receiver. Like. I get the I get the Jamar Chase argument. He he's got the better frame. He he high points the ball better. But God, Devontae Smith's highlights like that dude catches touchdowns on the you know 
even in college, he's getting two toes in on all these touchdown passes that are just ridiculous. One-handed at the back of the end zone. Like, he's just a guy you can cut loose and, you know, say, I don't give a shit about your size and what people have been saying. Just go play football, and I think he's going to get it done. Like, you, like any corner, you know, not any cornerback in the NFL, but your standard starting quarter cornerback in the NFL, like, if you just put him head-to-head, with a guy that's skilled like this, you you've just gotta trust him to go do his thing and he'll probably get it done. Like he's he's had the good coaching and I I just think he's gonna get it done. He's got the ball skills, he's got everything. He just supposedly doesn't have the size. You think about a guy like Darius Leonard who the Colts drafted and the the sole reason he dropped was because of his size. Like it doesn't matter if he doesn't fit your prototype for your position in the NFL. Like if the guy can play football and he's the best player on the field, he's, he's probably going to do it at the next level. Like just, just roll with it and go. So just overall, I just think he's the best wide receiver. I know he doesn't look like the prototype, but when it, when he shows it on paper and he shows it on film, you just got to trust it and go with your gut. You can't, you can't think about how he's going to convert. So yeah, Devontae Smith's my number one. Yeah, this is this is his average. Okay. When you when you line up against Devontae Smith before the game starts, this is what he gets every single game. This is his average. And this is in only thirteen games, okay? Nine catches for hundred and forty two yards and essentially two touchdowns every single game. I mean that is that is crazy. To have hundred and seventeen catches and to be that productive in the best conference in college football is fantastic. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed watching Devontae Smith. I was talking about right. Devontae Smith like two years ago and thought that he would be great. I did not think that he would be this good. But yeah, 20, either way. He had 23 touchdowns this year. <laughs> that's just yeah. that's ridiculous. Um, all right, so I had Jamar Chase as number three behind Devontae Smith and Kyle Pitts, who I, I know you disagreed with that, but. Why is he number yeah. one? I mean, Jamar Chase, I understand that he was on a very good offensive team that had Joe Burrow, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Justin Jefferson. But that's kind of my point. With a great catching running back and Justin Jefferson, who is a fantastic wide receiver, just broke rookie receiving records. Jamar Chase made them second and third options on the, on the same team. He had 84 catches. Okay. This is, this is on a full sec, you know, non COVID year and 20 touchdowns. Okay. We're talking about 23 touchdowns for Devonte Smith on a dominant year. Jamar chase had 20 touchdowns at 20 years old with, with Joe Burrow. I, he, he ran a four, three, eight, 40. Okay. So he has good, Speed over a 40 inch vertical, 41 inch vertical, and 11 foot broad jump. This is a special, special athlete. He is the best contested catch wide receiver in this draft. If you chuck it to him and he is on anyone, he will make the catch. And what I read a stat that absolutely blew my mind Jamar Chase still ranks number one since 2019. Okay, he opted out last year. He didn't play a single snap, but he still ranks number one since 2019 in touchdowns against press coverage. 
cornerbacks, and this is the SEC, cornerbacks decided to, hey, let's take away Jamar Chase by pressing him. They gave up. I watched not only highlights but game film against corners going up against essentially A.J. Brown here. He's my pro comp. He's just slightly lighter. He's probably 15 pounds lighter than A.J. Brown. But he would just bust him right back. And then he has the quickness, not only the speed. I, I was I was telling my dad earlier today, they would line up in the red zone, okay, on the 20-yard line. And Joe Burrow would inevitably, inevitably be looking his way. He would be in press coverage on the 20. He would bust this cornerback and be three yards open by the time he caught it in the end zone. I mean, he is just a special athlete. He I, I can't say enough about Jamar Chase. Um, I'm looking at a couple couple of the stats here that are that are great. He he broke 22 tackles on 84 catches. So you can't even bring the guy down. He he is a stocky 200. You know, and that, that's why my pro comp is AJ Brown. He has top end speed. He's a very good contested catch wide receiver, and he breaks tackles. So I think anyone looking for the next AJ Brown. Will will be drafting Jamar Chase, and there's no it, there's no wonder he he's going to be you know a top ten top ten pick um, in this draft. So I I definitely think Jamar Chase is going to be dominant. But that's the number one thing that these wide receivers have to adjust to is the physicality of an NFL defense. And I don't think Jamar Chase is going to have an issue at all. Um, Corey, you mentioned is he is he taking the off season seriously? Um, I took a good look at him because I was thinking the same thing. What do these guys do when they opt out? Like, are they, you know, they, they say they're going to keep working on their craft and get ready for the draft, but are they really? He came into his pro day and he looked cut as ever. He has been working all off season because he knows what's at stake here. He is a blue chip wide receiver. And I will not be shocked at all if he ends up being the number one ranked wide receiver um, in this, in this draft. You, you compared him, you, you said people are looking for the A.J. Brown out of him. And I think that's why, I think that's the perfect reason for why I have him third on the list. You know, would you rather have A.J. Brown or a Calvin Johnson, D.K. Metcalf and Kyle Pitts or Marvin Harrison and Devontae Smith? Like, I think that's the reason I have him down there is I think those other two guys offer so much more ceiling-wise. Um, just you know just kind of to your comparison there and I, that's why i think those other two guys offer over jamar chase well i think if aj brown was on a different offense um he would be a lot more dominant on the stat sheet you know i think he would he would stack up a lot more to dk metcalf if he wasn't on a run first run second run third and then maybe go for it on fourth down offense with derrick henry um, if aj brown was on the chiefs i mean good night so is that it? Is that top five or six? Yep. Uh, that is that is our top five or six. And then what? Next week we're gonna start the we're gonna start our dueling mock draft live. Like wow. Podcast. Like yeah, we, we, have we, we have three weeks. Three weeks till the draft. Till the draft. Wow. Uh, no, no, no. Listen. Well, I guess I guess that is true because the twenty eighth. Well, no, it's the fourteenth and the twenty first. We've got two weeks, so the twenty eighth we'll be recording Wednesday night, and the next day will be the draft. So there won't be a lot of time for listeners there. Um, because it's a Wednesday show, 
published on a Thursday in reality. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. The trick, the truth is it's actually a Wednesday show, but anyway, um, uh, no, no, yeah. So we're going to get into mock drafts. I'm actually going to the draft. Have we talked about this on the show at all? I'm no. super pumped nope. about this. Yeah. Nope. I'm going to the draft. I have to get a COVID vaccine. So let's get that out of the way. I'm getting my shot because if I want to go to the draft, I have to get the shot. And you know what? Um, I've been carrying my self, cell phone around with me everywhere I go for the last 10 years. So if there's a microchip in the shot, then I guess I don't care because they got my phone anyway, right? Let's just get the <laughs> shot. We'll get the shot. We'll get out of the way and we can move forward with life. I'm going to the draft. Uh, that's so exciting. The Colts You're have- going to the draft because you sent a 700-word essay about how you're such a loyal Colts fan. Well, that and about how Melissa taught me everything I know about football. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle Up. Team on three. One, two, three. Oh, my God. It was mostly about how Melissa taught me everything I know about football, and I want to go so I can take her. That was pretty much what it was. Yeah. Yeah, it would be embarrassing for anybody else to read. But it got the job done.